Welcome, welcome, welcome to the No Bad Dudes podcast. I am your host, Brad Anderson, proud owner of Hot Chub Time Machine. I am joined by my co-host, Eamon DC with the Gnarly Sax. And we are done with week three. We are on to week four. I'm already exhausted. Uh, I'm exactly where I thought I would be as far as like energy level towards fantasy. How are you feeling over there, <laughs> Mr. Mr. Ducey? Uh, I mean, I'm fine. I'm, uh, I mean, at one point in time, I was thinking about like looking back at the start of all my seasons because I feel this is how I start every season where it's like, pretty much league average uh like none of my stars really blow up in september um because you know it's a lot funner like for example like brian could trade mike williams for something really awesome if somebody buys in um but i always have guys who are just grinding to be like wide receiver two or running back two and i'm just winning enough like it's never just like a death nail so like it it was i was just hoping this year it'd come out hot but Nope, I just have to wait for the Jonathan Taylor 25-point games in October, and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's been, like, it, God, uh, it, it's always fun to go back. Not fun, but uh, every once in a while, I'll go back to, like, end of August podcasts with, you know, the footballers or Fantasy Focus or whatever, and they're like, this guy's going to be an apps, you know, do this, buy into this. And they're, it's everyone's so off. Like not some, some of it's uh, predictable, but I, I'm a, I am like checking waivers. I am, you know, watching what the, uh, what people are like the trends, you know, I'm uh, watching the, the trades, possible trades, uh, rejecting, approving, you know, all those things. I, I'm a commissioner in another league, which is just exhausting. And so I, I sympathize with you in that. Uh, although I feel like we're pretty well behaved this year. So anyway, before we jump into our, we're going to look at the matchups from uh, week three. We're going to look at the trades that happened. And then we're going to look uh, at keepers and, and give our, uh, who we think the best keepers in the league are, who we think possible, like the best possible keeper from this, dra- this year's draft is. Um, so before we, we jump in there, Eamon, like just what's on your mind right now? Like what's fantasy like on your mind or football what's on your mind in a quick two minute second? So this is more just a football thing and just, uh, my experience with, uh, watching football with people or talking about football with other people. Um, so I am, as you've noticed, whenever we watch football together in person is I am very pro safety and I'm very pro like all the rule changes. And I think, uh, you know, I, I think players are becoming smarter and not taking unnecessary hits and, and issues like that. Um, but I also think sometimes when we're covering this stuff, uh, maybe weird, I shouldn't say when people are covering this stuff, cause we're not really professionals. Um, I don't like how flippant stuff gets. And I think uh, with the, the Devonte Adams uh, hit, we'll say, um, I don't like how flippant everybody was just like quickly, like either tweeting it out or talking about it in the next podcast. Like, he definitely had a concussion. I don't know what the NFL thing was like, was doing. And, you know, when I first watched it and I watched the replays, 
it was very clear he never got really hit in the head. Um, the 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 defensive player hit his helmet on his shoulder, uh, and then also drove his shoulder directly really hard into Devontae Adams' uh, uh, chest. And I, I it's one hundred percent a penalty and targeting, and he'll get a fine. Right. Um, but I do think when we're talking about this stuff, it's it's very important to not just be like, oh, he definitely got a concussion, because I th- I think it really diminishes the safety risk. And then, you know, when he does get a concussion or whenever somebody else gets, it's like, listen, man, I saw that. Like, this this is one of those small, like, little things that, like, why being flippant about things uh, leads to conspiracy theories and a lot of the stuff that's happening that's not great right now. Um, so, I, you know, just, you know... You don't have to be smart and funny about a concussion joke. Like, first off, they've been all made and nothing's clever. Um, so just, you know, chill out. Assume that what your eyes tell you is true. My eyes didn't see Devontae Adams get hit in the head. Um, and, like, just just be with it. Like, it's also, like, he came back so quickly that, like, the doctor wouldn't have been able to, like, let him run out on the field like that. Like, if it was, like, a series or two later and you want to tell me that maybe... I'd be a little bit more on that, but I, I think it's very clear. I just it's just one of those things. I, I I think the safety of this game is very important for it to keep playing. So every time people are a little bit knuckleheaded and like saying, "Well, what else is the defensive player supposed to do?" It's like there's a lot of rules in sports where you can't do stuff like like you can't like there's a circle under the basketball hoop in, in professional basketball, so players can dunk and not get hurt. Like there's a rule because they were like, "Oh, this is dangerous. Let's do that." So that's just my middle. middle little mini rant yeah i mean i think that they've put these protocols in and you got to kind of trust that like they are doing the steps to not endanger the player and um he, he's they showed pictures of him on the sideline afterwards and he seemed fine and i i also agree that the quick turnaround i do agree that it's i mean that should have been a penalty for sure uh but uh you know i kind of go they're more le- they're actually leaning the other way more to be like, get them out, especially with concussions. So uh, great. So the thing that's on my mind is actually league related. And uh, as a, as a team that's one and two, uh, I think that the league is still really wide open and there's a lot of things yet to be determined and that there, some teams can really turn, like if you're one and two in other leagues where, you know, in a division where there might be a three and O team, um, you know, that might be a death knell, right? Um, but for teams that are one and two, two and one, that's not a big difference. Uh, that's, that is one game. So uh, I think that there's still a lot to be determined, which is exciting. Uh, and it, it, I also think that uh, we don't know who's going to come out of this we don't know who's going to make the playoffs. Um, so uh, the other thing that, I, uh, that I see is like, I, I think that our, like, like you said before in like preseason and in the drafting and post draft is that I think that the equity in the league as, as far as like how good people are in, in our league is, uh, is showing in, in um, this year. So that's kind of what's on my mind i'm still optimistic even though i'm sad <laughs> that i had such a bad showing the last two weeks uh it was I, I have one in yahoo i have one in espn and i have one in sleeper and every time i 
uh, you know, I would check, you check all three and I'd go over to sleeper and be like, Hmm, mm, Justin Fields. Mm. <laughs> so anyways, that's, that's what's going on with me. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, this, the league, all the teams that have won a game this year have shown that they're, you know, it's a really competitive league, you know, for the teams that have won a game this year. Um, I mean, I don't know. And what... <laughs> let's jump in. Okay, so uh, we're going to look at the matchups. We're going to do it a little differently this week. Uh, we'll put the uh, Magic 8 Ball on the shelf for now and see if we can, like, revamp it and come back. Or we'll revisit it uh, in the middle of the season. Um, we're just going to go through the matchups and look at kind of what we thought happened uh, and maybe something to take away for each, uh, each manager. So... Uh, to throw myself up right away, we will look at um, myself and Matt, uh, brother Matt. You know, this, for me, this is always, Matt's like, oh, I'm so excited that you're in my division this year. I get to play you twice. And I'm like, yeah, I just, I don't get excited to play Matt. <laughs> like he gets excited to play me. Uh, not that he always has a good team or anything, but um, so I look at this and I think what this came down to uh, is his quarterbacks versus my quarterbacks. Um, I have Wentz and Fields, and I think that Fields is still, there's still, you know, the jury's still out. Uh, it was not a good showing. Uh, and Nagy, you know, as every all the pundits have said all week, is that the game plan was terrible. I don't know if that's possible to for him to game plan a, a good one for Justin Fields. And it's possible that he's not even on the field uh, this week. So, But the difference between Wentz, Wentz and Fields versus Carr and Mahomes was, I'm rounding up here and rounding down 11 points to 44 points. Now, that doesn't make up the, the entire gap. Matt beat me by about 40 points. But that's kind of the big takeaway for me is that I just couldn't like on all other areas we're pretty close in you know in the running back and uh, wide receiver and we were actually exactly the same on the Darren Waller and or the excuse me the tight ends but uh yeah that huge 30 point gap is kind of what did me in um so that's that's a place for me to look and obviously that's kind of the weakness in my team and the strength of his um so yeah i mean um let's just let's we'll, we'll go more deep into it but obviously you made a, a big choice to trade away your franchise guy that you picked for mvp yes um, <laughs> um to get a very good tight end um and so you know you're you have an issue. I think, you know, I wonder if you would have waited five days to see what happened with Justin Fields, if you would have been different. Yeah. Uh, I have a feeling that you had like the, even if it wasn't like the best, best of case scenarios, you were in the like, well, it'll either be the best case of the scenarios or 80% of the best case of scenarios, which it, it yeah. seems like with Justin Fields, um, again, you know, this is one of those uh, things where I become, I like, I just always want to know more. I don't want the shortest hot take thing of there is. And, uh, I listened to the, uh, PFF football podcast 
uh, they have a couple of different ones, but the main p- football podcast, and uh, I, th- I think they said, despite what everybody said, was there was clearly seven designed, like either bootlegs or runs outside of the pockets with field, and he couldn't even get there. Um, so there's a legitimate question about, you know, how well he can even run an offense at all. And I think, you know, I think this is a very fair thing. I brought it up in the preseason with, um, Urban Meyer quarterbacks. Like he's always had amazing college football quarterbacks and the best one. And it's not even like there's a second place is Alex Smith. Um, and that was like his first well-known one, but like every single other one hasn't been like Cordell, uh, what was that QB in Ohio state that like won them the national championship number seven? Yes. Um, Cordell something. I I know Uh, who you're talking about. (laughs) I can't remember his last name. I'll look it up. So there's, he's had a bunch of guys who are, you know, perceived as talented being strong armed that don't have anything wrong. But I think because of his offense in college, it's designed to say, I'm going to recruit better players than you. Good luck. And which makes QBs look very good. And like, I don't think Justin Fields is, is, is in trouble, but I do think he might be the type of guy who like, I think Mahomes needed a year to sit. I don't think if they would have started him, he, I think he would have thrown like 25, 28 interceptions. And um, he wouldn't have been as brave as he was later once he figured it out. You know, Rodgers, Rodgers is the same type of guy. So, like, I'm not ruling him out, but I, I think that's a factor. Um, Cardale and then with, Jones. What's that? Cardale Jones. Cardale Jones, yeah. Um, and then the rest of your team, I mean, you know, you kind of were let down with your receivers of, of Robinson and, and Cooper. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, that's probably the real thing you have to wonder about what you actually wish for. Do you want Fields to be on there and he's tanking Allen Robinson? Or right. do you want Alex and Robinson on there and then just having Justin Fields sitting on your bench burning a, a hole uh, there? Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I think Robinson is definitely a question mark, you know, for me. Like, you know, he's a guy that I was, you know, drafted in the third round and thought pretty highly of. Um, but for me, it's, 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 I think that throwing options in, you know, in Chicago that if Fields can turn around it actually you know it's it's kind of like a it's not a good stack but it's like oh man it's a it's a, like a mini stack so um if i do believe that if fields goes so so will uh robinson so uh and then the only thing else yeah, from this game of... that i just kind of want to bring up just because I, I think it's um it's it's kind of important is i mean Derek carr is playing very yeah. well and that's yeah. really helping matt on his uh um, we there because like he had 24, 24.18, and then 21.24. And like, if you like, that's this was kind of my theory with Tom Brady. Now, I don't know if he'll keep it up, I hope he does because I got Henry Ruggs, and I think, uh, um, that's I think it's it's going well. And like, you know, he'll probably be most weeks eight points, but then there'll be some weeks where he's going to get two touchdowns if, if Carr is playing at this level. So, um, you know, I think it, that Carr has the most passing yards so far. Uh, maybe. I think he. I think he's one and Brady's two. Yeah. So he. I mean, he's ninth in our league because rushing is messed up. Um, but yeah, I think I think that gives him. You know, 
he's starting a lot of like questionable players, and I think we've been kind of brutal on Matt. So I just want to say Derek Hart is like helping him keep his 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 boat afloat. Mm-hmm. Um, What's interesting, like, like this is this is a, a a thing that I think changed my season, and it's that I went Wentz over Carr. Matt went Carr right after me, and I was sitting there and I just made the wrong pick. Um, and that's like, there's something in me that I was like, it was like, I'm always kind of playing for like in, in the draft. And this is, you know, play this back to me next year for <laughs> is that sometimes I, uh, instead of just going like, Hey, take the guy who's going to like, just be steady and get you, you know, cause car had been, he had that one great season, but he had been, you know, a, on the cusp of uh, QB1, QB2, you know, in that area for most of his career. Um, there were a couple of years where he was maybe further back as a QB2, but I was taking, you know, taking the dream on Carson Wentz having this return to glory. And if I take, if I take um, David Carr, I think that I'm actually 3-0. It's the second time you've done that. Yeah, I, I know. I know. No, I... <laughs> Do you know what you did? You said David Carr. Oh, jeez. Whatever. You did it last week, too. You're That's really affected by that Houston first pick ever by the franchise. I, you know, I really, maybe I should go pick him up. Maybe I should just put him on my bench. Um, all right. You ready to move on? Anything sure. else you want to say about that? No, Wait, I, so I let, think let's, that was I good and quick, simple. more or less. Yeah. So let's look at, let's look at your matchup. Um, you want me to, this sorry, it was you and Frank. You lost. Uh, what was the score? You lost one twenty nine thirty one twenty nine point three four to one hundred four point four two. So yeah, so twenty twenty five points thereabouts. So um, you wanna you wanna go first? Uh, sure. Um, cool. you know Frank. Frank for the first time. I mean, first off, like I took the the the. Uh, the like Tom, I posted Tom Brady had garbage sign points. Mike Gesicki had three points with three minutes to go in the fourth quarter, and he gets ten points. I just want to say, like, I understand it was competitive, but what happened at the end of that game was crazy for Gesicki. Uh, sorry, yeah. Um, but I think you know Mike, or sorry Frank, you know he's built his solid team, and and um, this could have been a lot worse. I mean, he had Marquise Brown. Who literally, like, if <laughs> yeah. he if he just catches and falls down those like three balls, he has like another fifteen points. Yeah, and he was by those players, so he's probably going to score touchdowns, probably at least two out of the three. Um, so like he he got unlucky somehow and still won. Um, you know he's got he's got a really solid team. I, you know, um, it's another you know just getting back to your point, like all the teams are pretty solid. And other than the one team that between injuries and personal self-destruction, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's not like there's a, like, I'm excited to look at anybody. Cause like, I remember seeing when I put this schedule together, I'm like, Ooh, Laurent week four, like, okay, he's straight away all his draft picks. I should have a shot. And he's projected to score more points than me, which I, I sleeper has always hated the way I value players. <laughs> Cause I, I don't think, more than three times the last two years, I've been projected a win, but somehow I've, I've won nine out of uh, uh, 14 games. 
Um, so, um, you know, I think I was texting you. I um, I'm very concerned about the whole Colts organization right now. Um, cause Jonathan Taylor was averaging 6.4 yards a carry and they were inside the 10, like th- three separate possessions and they didn't hand him the ball once. Um, I, I, you know, I'll throw out a conspiracy. If you want people, if you want people to join a, a podcast, you should throw out conspiracy theories. My conspiracy theory is, and I think this happens in the NFL more often than people want to talk about it. I think one of the reasons Wentz is disliked by so many teams or so many teammates is he either doesn't check to a run play when he should, or he checks out of run play when he shouldn't. And, you know, I, I just think it's just weird and bizarre how weird the offense got when it was inside the 10 and they took the ball out of Jonathan Taylor's hand. I do think uh, Frank Reich, his, 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 his job might be on the line. Like I, I want to say I think he's a good coach, but um, if he can't get this offense really together, when you have like it's he's the best player so far for the team. Like Pittman's been all right, and uh, who who do you have that's pretty good? Not is Pascal. It Pascal. Yeah, yeah, Pascal. Like they're okay, but like Jonathan Taylor has been the one who's been moving the ball all year, and you're taking it out of their hands. I just I've never thought Frank Reich is that type of coach who's trying to overthink stuff. Um, so I'm a little bit nervous about that. Um, and you know, I really tried to get rid of Devontae Smith cause I kind of knew this was going to happen. And I think mm-hmm. watching the prime time game when there's nobody on, it's very clear he can't do, um, big time wide receiver stuff where he, until probably the off season. Um, cause if he gets hit, he's not catching it. He what he had a lot of times where like, if the ball was contested, he just dropped it. And I think I think it's just a size thing. Um, I think maybe in the offseason he'll be able to watch his own tape and see and learn how to use his body more to protect himself from getting those hits. But, um, you know, it, it. I am looking to try to find a way to not start him. Um, and then, you know, you know, Kyler had a bad week per se. Um, and he still scored 18 points. Um, so, like, it's... It doesn't feel great. I think I'll be fine. Um, I think I'll win enough games. And I do think my bench is one of the better, more well-rounded benches, even though uh, I don't have as many high-end starters as some people. So I, I think I'll win enough games the next month or two, and I'll, I'll be fine. But I'm not I'm not excited. I'm not, like, looking to talk about my fantasy team. Yeah. Um, so my, my analysis of this is that I think that this is – this is the result of your strat. This is like the low side of your strategy, right? So I think that, you know, Kyler didn't have that, that huge boom week. He still scored 18 points and Brady, you know, who you has continued to show out and is now the QB, still the QB two, which is absolutely insane in our league. Um, but like this was, this is the low point of your strategy, right? So you're going to have weeks like this because you are taking those dart throws and, you know, to, some of them worked out, you know, some of them like rugs and Patrick are working out for you. Um, and, you know, Sermon actually had an okay week, but he, he wasn't really because he, he got that touchdown, but th- like I did, I was going to bring this up later, but I'll bring it up now. Um, I did an average of points 
through it's still a small sample size of just three weeks, but 36 games. Um, the average, um, the average so far is 125.95. And I was like, okay, well, let me take out the top and the low score to see if that changes it. And it changed it by 0.7%. So 126-ish is the league average for points. So Frank didn't have a, like, a, I mean, he had an above average by three points, but he basically had an average game. I'll find out what the deviation, standard deviation is for this. But um, he had an average game. And I think that this is this is the gamble that you took. And like sometimes, like it's it's working out. I think actually, I think that Kyler and uh, Brady are sh- like th- those. I mean, especially Brady is a really good pick. Um, but you're gonna have these. You're gonna have those weeks, and that's just. I mean, I don't know where you were as far as like what rank this week you were as far as points. Um, but you know, it's not. I, I don't think that Frank had like a he had like a average week and you had just a below average below average week because of the the roll of the dice that you you made yeah i I mean i had the ninth points and like you know again it does fall into the this is a jonathan taylor thing like Mm -hmm. um when you have your best running back and he's one of your first two round picks as far as like or your one of your two most valuable player picks um that's you know when they play badly like brian brian's had two great weeks and we'll get into him and we'll get into this player later but uh you know when kamara had a shitty week he lost badly and then uh i mean sometimes you can get by and just because everybody else does it but this is just mostly a jonathan taylor thing and if if taylor sinks my season there's not much i can do that was just the choice i made yeah i mean like again i i I think that I was, I, I've known your strategy for a long time, and I I do think it's actually is working out. Like I, I do believe that it is it is going to work out for you because you were right about Kyler and Brady. So, um, but it's it just the pendulum just went the other way, and I I still do believe in Taylor, um, and I and I think that he, he's they're just gonna have to. Um, so. Yeah, that's just that's my analysis of it. Ready to move on? Yeah. Cool. So let's move. I'll go first here. Uh, Brian versus Henry. So this um, score was very high, <laughs> um, and it was Brian beat Henry, who was two and zero in the highest score from last week, one hundred fifty nine point five eight to one hundred forty eight point one zero. Uh, they were both the high scores. That was the one and two of the week. Um, and Brian didn't play a second quarterback, which I found interesting. Uh, he, he said Zach Wilson. Um, and yeah, he played he, uh, Mac Jones. He played, oh, he played Mac Jones and who? Um, uh, Tyler, Tyler Heineke. Oh, my fault. Sorry. There we go already. Because um, he has. Oh, there he is. Sorry, I was looking at. I must have been looking at a different week. Anyway, um, and then the only the only thing that I saw in this because he was pretty, 
you know, he he had Ag- Aguilar who didn't score for him, and Debo had seven point seven, which is like uh, underperforming. But really, the the thing that I saw was that the Hawkinson golf stack didn't work out for uh, Henry this this week, and Damian Harris had a bad, had a down week. When, like that's it. Everyone else did pretty damn well, and it's a reason that they were the highest scores. They they're like double digit guys. Strong. I mean, I don't know. I I just saw Damian Harris and the and the golf hawk stack stack didn't work. Um. Yeah. No. I I think. Um. I mean, if you win one forty, if you score one forty eight, you're gonna win almost every week. And right, sometimes right. it doesn't happen. And it doesn't mean anything, and it doesn't mean you have to do a whole rant about luck or not. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, he's had some, you know, Josh Allen's not going to probably score 37 points every week. Um, right. Uh, and, you know, so this, this is the type of, when I was talking about, like, I don't get lucky, I don't get hot, like, the TJ Hawkinson where he was the number one tight end, uh, and he was, like, averaging over 20 points a game. Um for the first two weeks is like, you know, that was going to come back to earth. Cooper cups probably going to come back to earth a little bit more. I think teams will now, um, you know, start really keying in on him and they won't face a team that's missing for their top six defensive backs every week. Um, and then, you know, yeah, he's, he's fine. He's good. He's going to be in the playoffs. Um, wins division. I don't know. I mean, Brian's team, is paying off, you know, he was, you know, whenever I do talk about fantasy with my brother, he doesn't always have a, a long attention span for it, but I do like talk about like in the draft, you have to be disciplined. And it was almost to a fault with the David Montgomery thing, but he went in there to get two good running backs and he got Chris Carson, who I will always like give you a, a better grade in your draft. If you're the guy who goes for Chris Carson, cause you're like, I'm okay if he's not going to be top five, but he's going to be seven through 15, and that's great. Um, and, you know, George Kittle showed up for the first time this season. Like, that's – if he gets back to being George Kittle, it'll be um, it'll be an easier season for him. And, you know, when it comes down to it, he's got two first-round picks. Like, I think in a segment in a couple weeks, we're going to talk about like uh, mock trades we can make up. And there's one because of somebody else's team. I don't want to reveal too many details, but I could envision telling my brother, like you should take these two first round picks and offer them for this quarterback. Um, because number one, the quarterback's worth it. It's not me. Um, but, but it, whoop, hello. Did I lose you? Nope, she just in oh. the background. So, hi. sorry. Hi, that's my wife. Everyone saying hi. She's coming into the room while we're podcasting. It's this. The screen went off, so I just wasn't sure if I lost you. Um, but yeah, I, I think he can. Uh, he can take those first round picks and really plug whatever hole he has, and he's really lined up for a championship. And he, you know, you also got the Brandon Ayuk thing. Like, you know, drop it like it's hot. Check the waivers after. Everybody drop somebody and see if there's somebody worth picking up. Um, I actually think that was like one of the most contested waiver pickups that we've had so far. 
it was a uh, you know rage dropping a player is interesting. I, I I wonder if Frank accidentally drafted Brian Ayuk because he did he did have the AJ Dilling blip and he never started Ayuk like even week one before anybody knew that he wasn't going to draft or th- there was issues with Ayuk he didn't start him so it's like I wonder if it wasn't like he didn't mean to have him so um, um, and then I just wanted to comment one thing on your uh, Carson take. Uh, and I, he's right now, he's still doing very well. He's the running back two, or sorry, he's at RB two at running back uh, 15, but his snap percentage is going down. It was 78 and it went to 63. Then it went to 43 this week, this last week. And his attempts also went down. It's gone from 16 to 13 to 12. Now that could bounce back, uh, obviously. Uh, but, uh, he is, has been the recipient of two touchdowns in week two and then one, in uh, week three so it, it 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 was he was in game script game scripted out of last week because they had to like chuck the ball a lot but um a 43 percent snap share is a little bit uh scary to me it's trending that way i'm not saying that it's it's definitive but it's just something that's happening so i mean just uh, uh... When Pete Carroll goes into his office and he's like, I'm one and two, do you think he's going to be like, you know what, we really just got to spread the ball out more? Or do you think he's going to lean into the thing he leans into every year once the Seahawks start playing bad? It's like, hey, we're running the ball like 60% of the time, so figure it out. Um, I, I think. Yeah, I think, I think so, but I'm just. And I'm, then I'm Carson will get out. hurt and there'll be some guy, but you'll just miss Carson for two or three weeks, which is why he doesn't get top five recognition. Right. Uh, and the, the week that he had 16 attempts is the week that they won. Uh, anything else on that one before we, we move on? No, I mean, yeah, I, I think you brought it up, but um, you know, Henry's running back situation is the only thing that you would kind of go, you know, Maybe maybe he can flip Odell while he had a mildly decent week for, um, I don't know, Naheem Hines or somebody like that just to add somebody who can get some points at RB, but uh, I don't know. Um, I mean, he also has Cordero Patterson if he's willing to put him out there. Um, great. So let's look at uh, next up is Laurent and Mike, which uh, Priest – uh, post draft uh, looked like it would be a pretty uh, obvious choice, but uh, Laurent won 114.16 to 102.52, uh, both um, underperforming as far as what their projections were, but uh, sometimes the matchups work that way. So, uh, the first thing I want to talk about is that Mike is, you know, yes. There's another manager we're talking about who has endured some injuries, but Mike has gone through some injuries. Uh, Mike's team is beat up. White is out now for the season. Hopkins, they're like being kind of like fishy or like they're they're not giving us the whole story. Um, this is what happened last year, and I also think this is stuff that happened in Houston. I think he's he doesn't like practicing, and I think um, you know. This hap- this happens sometimes with players, and I think the Cardinals are just deciding like we're okay with this for now. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, you're going to have some weeks where he's crappy and you're going to have to spend... I feel it's different than the Julio Jones thing, but as a manager, as far as how you receive it, it's basically the same thing. Like every week for the next two months, you're going to be like, is Hopkins playing this week? And then he'll he'll still have his 20-point games, I think. At least that's what he did last year, so... So White, Hopkins, Dalvin Cook was out. He played Matt. He had Madison, which didn't always, you know, like the handcuff doesn't work out. It did in this situation. But Cook out, Jacobs is was on his bench. Deontay Johnson was on his uh, was on his bench. Uh, and then, uh, so that's like what I see right now. And and of course, Robbie Anderson is just not not playing up to. Uh, what we've seen in the past, but I think that he's just kind of had a rough week as far as injuries goes. Um, hopefully, he has a bounce back, and some of those players he can put back into his lineup. Hopefully, Jake Jacobs comes back and Deontay Johnson. And then I also thought that you know, um, I don't know if I don't know if Laurent was listening to the pundits or if he was just like I got to get my guy in there. But the play of Emmanuel Sanders really worked out for him. <laughs> And getting 23 points, uh, 94 for two touchdowns. Uh, and I think that that was enough. You know, that's, you know, he outperformed his projection by basically four, 14 points, which was enough for uh, Laurent to take on the W. Yeah, um, Mike, uh, Mike definitely struggled um, with fielding a healthy lineup. And I do... I do think he is facing a lot of early season uh, uh, um, challenges. I'm trying to think of a different word, but I can't think of it. Um, so I think, you know, if he can just flop around 500 as like Deontay Johnson and Josh Jacobs get healthy, I think he'll be okay. But also, I mean, there is nobody who's 3 now, so you can't just like trade. A, a healthy player for those two injured players and and do that. Um, so he he's he's okay for that so far, and um, yeah, I mean Laurent has gotten a lot of things breaking in his favor so far, and um, you know the Josh Gordon pickup. I I knew that was going to be the person who put a claim in for him. Of course, of uh-huh. course. He and literally so hasn't played. He literally hasn't done anything significant since 2013, which right. just just for reference, uh, old beat out OBJ and old beat out Sammy Watkins, old men were drafted in 2014. Uh, so, death um, taxes and Emmanuel Sanders and Josh Gordon ending up in Lawrence's team. I mean, again, I feel like. It, it needs to be complete. The circle needs to be complete. I mean, the year. thing is, the, you know, if he knows the week, because there'll be one week where Josh Gordon gets 22 points and there'll be five weeks where he gets two. Um, you just don't want to be playing around the week that Josh Gordon gets 22, <laughs> I think. It's very key. Um, yeah, like I, I said, uh, I think, um, you know, this represents what fantasy football is. Like, it's not... You know, you're—I don't want to use the word luck, but you like you run into your matchups, and sometimes you're in a bad position, and the other manager is in a great position. And um, I think that's just what happened with Mike, because like if James White stays healthy, 
um, or Robbie Anderson does anything, he wins easily, and he's the only three and O team. Like he's the only person who was three and O. I guess Henry, um, who could have been three and O that really deserves to be three and O, but um, not deserves, but like was realistically feels like they sh- should be three and O. They're the two teams, I would say. Um, anything else on that matchup before we move on? No, that's it. Great. So next up was Ryan versus Jay. Um, in this matchup, oops, wrong button there. In this matchup, uh, oh, that's what's happening there. Ryan handily beat Jay 145.82 to 113.112 uh, with uh, Ryan performing over the average and Jay performing under the average. Uh, so why don't you take this one first, Amy? So Jay's team is weird. Um, just like looking at his numbers, because like you see it like DeAndre Seth, 20 points, uh, DJ Moore, 16 points, DJ Chark, 12, Mark Andrews, 13. And like that's not usually the type of stat line you have when you get like 110 points. Um, but I guess, you know, the two quarterbacks didn't really play amazingly. I, th- I think this is going to be more often not more or less the Teddy Bridgewater line. Like, you might have one or two touchdowns that get you to, like, uh, 15 or 19 points, but that's going to be line. But, like, Russell just didn't have a great game. Um, so you're just you're kind of limited there. Um, other than that, it looks good, you know. His, his bench is playing solidly. He's got people to swap in if he needs to. And then, um, you know, Ryan, who made a big trade. We'll talk about that later. Um, you know, Justin Herbert came up and showed up. And that's kind of the difference between his team being um, that... Uh, what You said it's 126 is the mean or 127? Yes, it was. Yeah, about 126 was... Yes, 126. So the first two weeks, he gets 13 and 14 points. You take, you don't give Herbert 31 points. You know, he's right at that average. Um, and now, you know, he's shorter quarterback, and he's leaning on Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, so, uh, but he made it, you know, we'll really get into that one because it's, it's very interesting. I think he won that trade. Um, but he's going to have to be active and, and fill in that, uh, that next part of the phase of that trade. Um, but yeah, I think, I think they both had good weeks. I don't think there's, I mean, the Peyton Barber thing is not going to be repeated in any way. Yeah. So, you know, but it didn't make a difference. Um, for me, the, the standout thing was like, I think that all of like, so, sorry, um, Ryan beat him at, every position except for tight end and defense. So like his QB one, his QB two, his wide receiver one through three, his two running backs. He like, it was, they almost everyone outperformed their projections and Peyton Barber by 16 points uh, with that kind of hero play. Um, And the, the standout thing, the interesting thing to me right now is that, you know, this, besides like the matchup, like he, he just, all of his guys 
outperformed or most of their guys outperformed their projections. And that didn't happen for Jay. I'm not worried about either of the teams. It's just, that's how it goes sometimes. Yeah. We'll talk about the trade. I think that Ryan's team becomes pretty scary week to week if it stays healthy. Um, but like kind of one of the, the disappointments so far are the guys, you know, maybe not in this league, but in other leagues I'm looking to get is Stefan Diggs. I'm waiting for him to kind of come back and like uh, in a positive way, start putting up numbers uh, other, you know, that, that goes with Josh Allen, but like you, you had Emmanuel Sanders there and maybe he's, he's distracting or not distracting, but taking away the potential of, of Steph Diggs. Um, and I hope not. Cause I love Steph Diggs to, uh, you know, be one of those guys. And he's, he's still getting targets. He's had 13, eight and 10, which is a solid target. Uh, for a, a, a deep passer like um, Josh Allen is, but I, I'm kind of, you know, outside of the matchup. That's kind of a thing that I'm like, oh. And in other leagues, he is a guy that I'm seeing if that that owner is being like ready to throw him, not throw in the towel, but like if there's a buy low opportunity on step picks. Yeah, I mean, um, as far as that goes, I mean, that's the 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 thing with these young quarterbacks who get better year to year um, is evolution. And like Josh Allen, every single year has changed his game in some substantial way. Um, And the question is like, is Josh Allen learning to be more like a a Brady type who uh, wants to use as many targets on the field? Or does he want to lean into being Aaron Rodgers where I'm going to hyper target one guy? Um, so like, I think last year, maybe he watched or over the summer, he watched game film and he's like, I need to do a better job to make the whole field available. So I have to throw to more players. So, you know, that, that was kind of the, the question about Diggs, like, should you take him as the number one wide receiver? Cause the usage was, it was, it was pretty high and it was hard to imagine that he would still get that. Um, so, you know, if somebody's out on digs, I'm definitely – I still think he probably finishes top five. But, um, but I you know, I don't think this is like, oh, yeah, he's going to return to that 23 points every game. Like, I, th- I think he's just going to be, you know, 80 and a touchdown will probably be most weeks. Yeah. Um, but, again, and I, I think for me, both teams – one just had a bad week, one had a good week. I don't, I don't think that there was bad start sits, anything like that. I don't think there's anything to worry about on either of the teams, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, and the last matchup we have is uh, Willie versus Ray. So where to start? Uh, I'm going to say this. Stafford being the, you know, there's a lot of things to talk about in this matchup. First of all, Let's say who won the matchup and who lost the matchup. Uh, Willie, 136, so 10, 10 points, like a solid 10 points over the average, and to raise 102.14. I almost said 102.4, which was a radio station in Minnesota back in the day. That Anyway, uh, so, yeah, so he beat him quite thoroughly uh, by 34 points. Um, and... 
there's lots to talk about in this, and we'll get into a couple things later on. Uh, but nice to see Najee show up and get those 19 targets that everyone's talking about. Um, and also, like, I, a guy that I was targeting in uh, pre-draft was Stafford, and he is number four right now. Um, and I think that that is a pretty, you know, he's had a 24 week and a 29 week and then a 17, but, um, and then, you know, with Ray, he not only has done some things that everyone's been like, but he's also suffered. He's actually suffered some, uh, injuries on his team. Uh, and the worst kind of, I, I I never hear him talk about it. Yeah. I think like, here's, here's the thing. Like, is it, it's definitely worse to lose a player in game where it's like 0.3, like AJ Brown got 0.3 and you're like, Oh, gotta be okay with that. And CMC got five. Um, but yeah, he's actually uh, took, took on some injuries this week and Gronk, even though he came back into the game, uh, went down and got a big hit and was out for a couple series. So, uh, but as we say, that's a part of, um, part of fantasy and, and part of the bed that he's made was uh, you know, he could have, and we've talked about this in past uh, pods is could have built that built better depth, but um, not much to take away besides we kind of predicted that would happen uh, when those, when that Laurent trade happened. Yeah. I, I think, um, yeah. Uh, Willie's getting by. Um hmm which is all, you know, um, what am I trying to think of? There's, there's some movie or TV series I watched. I don't know. Um, where like the, like the background storyline, the, the, the thing where they, they were a kid and whatever is just their father saying survive. And I think that's what Willie's doing. I think, uh, he took a lot of bold chances. He's like trying to jump from cliff to cliff. Um, and you're like, this doesn't look good. And, like, he's, like, kind of falling down, but he's able to – like, he hasn't fallen off here, and he's 2-1, so it's working out. But, um, you know, I think just to get on a real football t- topic, I, I genuinely spent a little time today looking at who the Pittsburgh Steelers' backup quarterback was, and the main one is still Mason Rudolph, so it's like, nope. Um, but I do genuinely think we could see a benching of Ben Roethlisberger. Um and I don't know what that does for Najee. Um, it'd be great for the no bad dudes league. It'd be well, yeah. I mean, we had a year where we had Mason Rudolph. Nobody really wanted to start him. No, uh, I, I, I just mean like we put him on the bench, and so have they now. Yeah. Um. So you know that is one of those things where like they have to figure out this offense. I I can't imagine Mike Tomlin like the last month of the season they did this. And now another month, like he's just not going to be okay with throwing the ball 70 times and then having 20 of those targets going running backs. Like he's a smart coach. He's not going to put that, put up with that nonsense. Um, so yeah, I don't know, you know, Najee's working out and I said like, don't worry about him early on. But the idea that he only got points for receptions makes me feel like, um, and you know, Calvin Ridley hasn't really taken off the, right. the Falcons offense hasn't shown up. So, you know, this is more maybe a pro Julio Hall of Fame case. Obviously, he was going to go to the Hall of Fame, but like really pointing out like what he could do 
uh, and what op- opportunities he gives to everybody else on the field. Um, and you know, he's, you know, he's he's getting by. He's you know playing well. And the Stafford thing, you know, maybe next week he'll also play against a defense that had four of the top six defensive backs out. Um, and and Stafford will again have twenty nine points. We'll see. Um, and then you know, I don't, I don't want to beat on Ray here. This is not fun. Um, and we'll talk about it with this trade. Uh, he's got limited upside. Um, here's what I'll talk about. Uh, this is a very important league issue now, because of the realization that he's the only team to not win. But what power do we have to make sure he doesn't change his team name? next year when he has to leave it as is wow wow that's like be I'll, really... me and matt will have to get on the page like how do we lock a team name because he can't he can't add stuff to it it the the rule is whatever it was uh no bad dude loser 2021 or whatever but like it's it's his thing i think he enjoys that more than picking up and dropping the same player like seven times in a day i uh, would be now that like I think about that, that would make me really sad if I had to give up my team name. I feel like I, I'd be letting letting Chubb down. Uh, good point though. That I think that'll be like really really hard for Ray if that's how it comes to pass. Um, all right, we're going to talk more about Ray in, in a little bit. So, is there anything specifically about this matchup or about Willie um, that you want to uh, or this matchup that you want to? Speak on before we move on. No, I, I think I said what I said about Willie. I think, um, you know, he's got some assets. You know, the the tight the Tyson Williams thing is going to be tough. Something to monitor. Yeah. Um. Who knows what happened there? Why well, you only got five carries? Um. I'm afraid that I'm going to be right because I. I I'd rather have a young running back for the future with Tyson Williams be good in the league than Latavius Murray, but I do think he'll still get less than half the carries, but he will be the leader in the backfield. Um, and I just, um, you know, after Javante Williams, he does have a lot of questions about running back. Um, Ronald Jones isn't going to pay out. Um, yeah, so... Um, yeah, and I, like I said, I don't want to pick on Ray's team. We can talk about it later. Um, <laughs> we'll pick on him later. Um, all right, let's, so let's just, before we go into uh, the trades, let's just kind of step back and look at any anything uh, that you want to talk about, about the waiver waivers and pickups. I have two things. Uh, so while you look through your notes, um, First of all, I wanted to say uh, screw you to uh, for picking up picking up Dalton, and someone else picked up Foles. I just don't like the omen that you are doing that uh, to Justin Fields. Even though I'm like, oh, maybe I should have done that. I was just like looking through for research on this pod and being like, you got damn it. Why would you cheer for the young guy? And uh, so it was who who picked up. Foles was uh, Frank. Yeah, so thank you guys for putting that bad juju on Justin Fields. And, and then the second thing I, I want to say is that um, I I know, like I, I brought this up before, but I the seven bench spots I think is really hurting waivers. Um, and 
like you can tell there's just a lot of activity um, post waivers uh, compared to waivers. So people aren't really going after players as much as like, maybe there's one a week, two a week that are, are really worth going after and changing your lineup for. Um, and I just don't th think there's as much activity as I prefer on waivers. Um, and so I know we're going back to six next year with two IR spots, but I feel, I, I think that we're feeling the impact of having seven spots on a bench in waivers. Um, I mean, it's, it, it's the difference between 192 and 204. Um, just, I, it, it's just such a, not a big question. Um, because the truth be told is we are in a smart league and the things that you and, and Matt also brought up this point is the players that would not be added are not like guys you can start. I think our league is all smart enough to know they need to have a certain amount of players that are in the bench. The people that are being like um, picked up because of the extra spot this week or, or this year or the spot. I mean, most people have two injured players, so that's the other thing is that like it doesn't like with the second IR, it's not really affecting things as much as maybe you guys want to point out to. Um, Cause I have a couple players I could put in the IR spots and um, but like, it's, it's the handcuffs. Like I think that's more of the, like, I don't think Willie would be hiring Benny Snell. Um, mm -hmm. I wouldn't have picked up Andy Dalton. Who's pr probably won't play for another week or two. Um, so like, I understand you guys point that you guys play in other leagues and you can pick up a guy who's like set for a great start. But like, I just think with our league, with the amount of starters we have, I don't think there is the type of guy you can pick up and start. Like, I mean, I'm shocked. Nobody tried to pick up Tim Patrick as good as he was last year. And I, you know, I, I, so I don't, my heart doesn't really break for you guys when you're not like aggressively looking at those type of players. Like Jerry Judy went down in that week I was able to pick up Patrick and nobody else put a claim in. So um, that was kind of crazy to me. Um, and then like trades, like this should be the point of a league like sure. ours. Sure. Um, you know, like, you have like, to be. I, I think, I think you're right. Like you, you there, maybe there's less uh, activity on the waivers, but there's more trades. Maybe there's, you know, there's a bench, a deeper bench, but then that might be harder for start sit, you know, like, you you put one thing in it, it it or you you have waivers and it, it's gonna have a ripple effect in other areas. Like I get that, and I don't know what is better or worse for me. Like I just when I go to the waivers, um, I'm like, okay, well if I'm six, I'm not like gonna get anybody, so I might as well wait and just hope to move up and like for me i could still i guess i could still put in the waiver thing but i'm like oh let me like is it worth you know so so it, it's it's that relationship that i'm not like oh let me wait so that if shit goes sideways that i have the third thing or the second so that i can actually use it for someone i really need instead of trying to take flyers and wait and burning that waiver claim so I would say this is actually a great, a super great argument for um, one of our off-season podcasts. Maybe Henry's the best cool. person to bring on for this. Um, 
is a conversation about fab. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, cause, cause I'm just looking at my team and the, the players, like if you cut two bench spots from me, which I think is what Matt probably dream world would be like the three players in consideration are Andy Dalton, uh, Darrell Williams, Darrell Williams, uh, and Tony Jones. Are you excited to pick up and play any of those players? No. Um, like, well, it, that's your team, but maybe uh, like other people might, you know, like I, I'm, I'm saying that like, I, I think that this might be, you're, you're right that like maybe going to fab or having that off seat, this is more of an off season conversation. Um, but I just wanted to bring it up and just, that's all I'm pointing out is yeah. that it changes, you know, it changes the dynamic of the league and like waivers just for me, waivers clear. And the first thing I do is not go to see who's who like went waivers, like who's available so that I can pick up as a free agent. Um, so, but you, so like in, in your team, you, you most likely, if you had to cut two positions, it would probably be Jordan Love, David Johnson, and either Zach Pascal or Terrace Marshall. You'd give up two of those guys. And like, I don't think I'd pick them up. Like, so when we, uh, that's always the thing. Like when somebody says like, what about this? And then I actually like, look at like, and then just cause your matchup is pulled up. Like if we cut some players from Matt's team, uh, Quintus Cephas, Evan Ingram, um, JD McKissick or Damian Williams. Like, but, but I don't for, feel great about any of those pickups. Like it doesn't feel like that changes the league going, going back two weeks ago. Does your brother pick up Heineke? He's already got three, three QBs. Is he going to, yes. is he going to use yep. one of his spots? You think yep. so? In in our league, if we have like three bench spots, people will still pick up QBs as much as possible because you can trade them hmm. for value. All right. I mean, I I think maybe that happens. Maybe it doesn't. But like having the cushion of like I can get like apps like I can get rid of this player. I can drop this player with seven guys um, compared to with five or six. Uh, I think it's just. You know, I think it's tougher uh, and maybe makes it. I think that would make the waiver more active. Maybe it's a small amount, but it. I think that having seven bench players uh, slows down the waiver wire. Sure. I'll, I'll disagree with you. Um, okay. Cool. <laughs> I mean, because like when you specifically give up the example of the Taylor Heineke, because you and Matt are always obsessed with QBs because. I feel you guys are dragging your feet on QBs and uh, in the draft and never want to draft them too high. And then you want them to be available on the waiver. Um, but Christian McCaffrey and his, his handcuff were traded today for Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow who's going to be QB 14 to 24 this year. Um, like we've set up a system to kind of like even stuff out. And like, I just, Whenever there is, I mean, I'm picking up Andy Dalton because he'll start in three weeks and somebody will need somebody when their quarterback gets hurt. Um, okay, so here's a good, good one. Mike's bench, Watson, Huntley, Cook, Dalvin Cook, who's currently on his bench, or Alexander Madison, however you want to cut it. James Conner, Josh Jacobs, Deontay Johnson, Dallas Goddard. Yeah, I, would, I don't know if I would pick up Dallas Goddard. Um Sure. Let me look um, at the team. Because I, I, I don't know if you're – because I think there's people in Mike's starting lineup as I'm pulling it up um, that I wouldn't want to pick up 
just because you're you're picking a team that has injuries. Like I probably wouldn't pick up James White. Um, no, and James at this White's point, out. what? James White's out. He's done for the season. Right, but I mean, if he's healthy, like James White is in his starting lineup. James White is one of Mike's rostered players. Um, Robbie Anderson is one of Mike's rostered. Uh, rostered players. Rondell Moore is one of Mike's uh, rostered players. Because of all the injuries to the Deontay Johnson, uh, Dalvin Cook, and Josh Jacobs, they're in a starting lineup. I, you know, at this point in the season, I mean, I I might take Robbie Anderson on a flyer, but I think he's not going to be a good receiver this year. And Rondell Moore, like, he might be just a flash in Pam. Like, I don't, like, I, I think you're cherry picking a team that you know has a lot of draft equity so it's a little easier but um let's see he played he played laurent like how many of the players do you want do you want cam newton from laurent spence um you want whoever roundtree is i don't know what his first name is uh randall cobb um max williams like the there isn't a huge difference and again it's the difference between one player 193 and 204 like there's 190 players already going to be on the people's roster. So like, it's just not, uh, I don't know if it's, I mean, we put up for a vote and um, I will point out that like, we need room for multiple quarterbacks and handcuffs for people who have good running backs that want to make sure they're in a good position. Um, And those don't actually affect the, like, I think, what do you want from the waiver? You want somebody you can start? Is that what you're saying? No, but I, I want some someone who, like, okay, so like a Hunter Renfro, gone. Like, any, like anybody that, like, when people are like, oh, he, this guy's rostered in, uh, he's rostered in only 20% of leagues. You go into our league, rostered. You, like, any, like, a lot of those guys are gone. So, like, you have to look for guys that are rostered in 5 to 10% of leagues and then hope that those guys hit. Um, so, any like, any time that there's there, – people are like, okay, here's someone you need to go pick up. I'm like, gone. In my league, gone. So, I'm not saying that it's, like, one – whatever, 192 to 204, like, that there's – but I'm saying that there's not a lot of, like – options to grow somebody you know that like or take like you're taking flyers and you're taking like the deepest flyers or you're waiting for other people to take someone who's in the one or two slot hoping that you move up and and again this is three weeks in week one there were a lot of uh waiver pickups but that's kind of traditional how week one goes after week one with week two and week three, there's there hasn't been there hasn't been that much action, and there's been a shit ton after people going. I know that like people aren't going to do that, and then boom, 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 a bunch of trades, a bunch of like people who are either up and like <laughs> ready to go, which I'm all for. I am not like saying that that's a bad thing, but there's a lot of activity afterwards compared to uh, people putting in claims because they know. Or they're, maybe they're betting that it's not going to fall to them, and they're hoping so, to move up. 
Yeah, it sounds more like you're more talking about fab than it is about. Yeah, maybe that's size. what it is. Maybe, maybe that's like we do have an abnormally large starting lineup. Like we like most leagues, it's two running backs, two wide receivers, one flex. right. Right, it could be line. We have an extra wide receiver. We have a, a super flex. Um, you know, so it 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 just it's a little different. And but I do think fab's worth having a conversation about. Will the league change to fab? How long can they talk about the hypothetical players from 193 to 204? Why haven't they talked about all of Ray's trades? And what is the other topic they are hinting at? Tune in to the next podcast, Same No Bad Dudes platform, Same No Bad Dudes feed.